Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And a very good Tuesday morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme. We've got Bernie taking your calls at 0818 103 103. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And when, as we start the official countdown now, as we're well into uh, Christmas week, later on, later on today on the programme, we are going to be talking from a food safety point of view on the cooking of the Christmas dinner and in particular the cooking of the turkey. If you've got any questions with regards to safely cooking your turkey and making sure that it is mo- the most delicious and succulent turkey that you have uh, ever cooked, then get your questions in for our expert uh, today. And I'm open to correction on this, but are people cutting down on the size of the turkey? We Traditionally in the past, we've always had a tendency to go out and buy kind of the biggest turkey that we can lay our hands on. But time and time again, then we end up with too much turkey. People start getting sick of it. I think it's OK for Christmas Day and probably for St. Stephen's day but after that when there's loads of recipes for what you can do with the leftover turkey and ham but some people just start getting sick of it so maybe the way to get around that is to get a smaller turkey are you a fan of the boned and rolled turkey I have to say I came across that a number of years ago and I from a cooking point of view I think it's absolutely fantastic and there's very little waste on the boned and rolled uh, turkey but then for some people they say the taste isn't the same that you need to have the turkey on the bone to get all the rich flavours coming through on the turkey anyway your thoughts on turkeys are any questions that you have you can get them into Bernie at 0818 103 103 and already getting texts into the programme 0862 103 103 including uh, this one which is very relevant uh, today. Uh, it's to do with the the hospitals and the situation that we're finding our accident and emergency departments in. A listener says Patricia, there are now over 700 people waiting to be admitted to beds in hospital while there's 600 plus beds now being occupied by COVID patients. Maybe, just maybe, the time has come for all of 
us to go back wearing masks and start getting back into the habit of hand sanitising our hands, especially during the winter months. It proved so successful during the first few years of the pandemic. It helped to cut down on all of the winter viral infections that are once again prevalent this year and they're clogging up the system. Most patients' discharges are also being delayed for hours. May I offer a solution on this? The solution could be that each hospital could have a discharge lounge that could free up the beds while patients wait for their paperwork to be completed. The beds could then be reallocated much more quickly to the patients who are lying on trolleys in A and uh, E. It's time to bring back the old-fashioned matrons and reduce some of the overpaid top management. Hospitals were so efficiently operated under their control. Now there's a lot of food for thought in that particular comment. I think the discharge lounge is a great one because it always does seem crazy that the doctors go and do their rounds and the consultants do their rounds and they say patient A, B and C, yeah, they're ready for, for discharge. But they need to go. This paperwork has to go with them. Probably has to be prescriptions maybe that they need to take with them, that they need to get filled at their local pharmacy, for example. So while all of that paperwork is being put together in letters for the GP that they may need to take home with them, it seems crazy that the patient that's been told you're OK to go home remains lying in a bed that's so urgently needed because people downstairs in A&E are lying on trolleys. So I do, I, and I don't know if any hospital operates such a system as a discharge lounge but it certainly makes sense to me and you're not the first person and I don't think you will be the last to suggest we go back to the day when the matron used to be running the hospital and what efficient and some would say what clean hospitals we had under the control of the matron. Thank you for your text to 0862 103 103 and I'm reading all of the papers today that the hospital overcrowding has now reached what's been called out as unacceptably high levels and the reason for it is we've got an onslaught of winter viruses that's particularly hitting our emergency departments. That listener is right. Um, it is well over 700. Um, as of yesterday, it was 760 patients were on hospital trolleys yesterday. And of course, we get those official figures every day from the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation. And they are warning because of the numbers that are lying on hospital trolleys, it is now putting patients' safety at uh, risk. Now, that figure of seven. 760 is the joint highest figure on uh, record. The last time we had a figure that high was during, and I'm sure it was a very bad flu epidemic. It was back in January, early January of 2020, just before the pandemic hit. Now, the number of patients in hospital with COVID-19, that's on the rise. It went up to 614 yesterday. And of course, COVID patients are somebody that might not necessarily be in hospital with COVID, but once they get diagnosed, with COVID that puts considerable pressure on the hospital capacity. As of yesterday, there was 90 new cases of COVID confirmed. Now that was only in the previous 24 hours. 12 of those patients were in intensive care. Now the latest 
Respiratory Virus Surveillance Report and that comes from the Health Protection Surveillance Centre. They're showing that there is 670 influenza cases and that was in the week up to December 10th and that was a rise of 81%, nearly double the amount that they reported the previous week. So flu is very much out and about. If you haven't had your flu jab, it is still not too late. There's record high attendances even forced the University Hospital in Limerick yesterday, who, by the way, had the highest number of patients on trolleys, they were forced yesterday to cancel all the non-elective surgery and all of the outpatients diagnostics which were scheduled to take place yesterday, they all got cancelled. And that was after the hospital had their busiest weekend ever on record. And that you feel then straight away for the people who, you know, the non-elective surgery appointments, the people who, had, who were going in for some kind of diagnostics, all of them probably waiting such a long period of time to get those appointments. Suddenly then to get a phone call yesterday, through no fault of the hospital, but getting a phone call yesterday say sorry we have to cancel your appointment and God knows when they'll be able to reschedule both the non-elective surgery and the diagnostic appointments that were due for yesterday. Now you also obviously another explanation for what's going on in hospitals at the moment would be to do with slips and falls in the recent cold snap. I mean this time last year we were, last week we were talking at temperatures way below zero so we had icy roads, we had icy footpaths and that obviously is all adding to additional pressures to the hospital at the moment and because COVID cases are on the rise it is also likely that hundreds of patients now will be or not patients hundreds of people will be forced to self-isolate on Christmas Day with the HSE of course continuing to, to advise if you get COVID um, you, need, you, the, you still need to isolate for the full seven days while hopefully you've had all of your jabs and you're up to date with your boosters so if you pick up COVID for the majority of people you're not going to get too sick but it does mean self-isolating for seven days. The Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation are now calling for the use of private hospitals and for the curtailment of non-elective care to address the issue. Now we've, we've used and gone, the, the government have brought in the use of private hospitals. They certainly did it very successfully during COVID times so it's not that they've never done it before and the INMO are saying now is the time to do it. University Hospital Limerick had the most patients on trolleys yesterday. 92 uh, were waiting for a bed. That was followed by our good cells here in Cork. The Cork University Hospital uh, were next. They had 76 patients on hospitals on trolleys. That was followed then by St Vincent's who had uh, 70, oh no, 79 was St Vincent's and Cork was uh, 76. 39 patients were waiting for beds, would you believe, in the three children's hospitals and it's just awful to think of a little child being so unwell that they needed a hospital bed and then for the parents to be told sorry you're going to have to hold them there in your arms for another while if they're small enough if not lie them on the hospital trolley there while we await a bed the INMO General Secretary Phil Nehay is saying that the level of overcrowding is now putting people's safety at risk she said yesterday's trolley figures unacceptably high she said the level of overcrowding is a danger to patients it's also a danger to staff the HSE government and every individual hospital group she says must now take urgent action today and pull out every lever available 
to them to ease the pressure on the hospital. The INMO has urged the worst impacted hospitals to enact their emergency protocols. And then, you know, she went on then to talk about the the complete use of private hospitals. It has been done before and she said it's not too late to bring private hospitals uh, in, you know, into the, the, the system. She said we can't, we can't continue to accept that the high level of unsafety for uh, patients. So as I say, for the for, for university hospital, they had no choice but to cancel non-elective surgeries yesterday. 0818103103 is the situation only going to get worse before it gets better because with the amount of viruses, I mean, even leaving COVID, we know there's a lot of COVID out there, but there's so many different winter viruses doing the rounds at the moment. The flu is definitely out there as well. Um, and I mean, it, why those viruses continue to circulate and they will circulate all the more now over this coming week because shops are busier, there's more socialising going on, there's more visiting people in houses uh, going on. So the danger is that for some, for a cohort of some people, for, you know, for other people who get the virus, pick up these viruses, you just might have a miserable Christmas and you'll go to bed and you'll be, you'll take your Panadol and you'll be okay after a, a couple of days. But for very vulnerable people in our communities, they are the ones who can get very, very unwell and may need hospital attention. And then they get to the A&E only to discover there's a huge number already ahead of them lying on trolleys waiting for a hospital bed. What are the solutions? 0818 103 Your thoughts welcomed. Thoughts and comments also by text or WhatsApp to 0862. 103 103. Now, number of people on hospitals and the suggestion of a discharge lounge. Somebody says, Patricia, the CUH used to have a discharge lounge. Now, this is, said, that was a few years ago when I was an inpatient there. I assume it's still there. So there are such things as a discharge, a discharge lounge. It's, it sounds like the way to go. Uh, there's fantastic staff there, but people are saying that there are delays because there isn't discharge lounges in all hospitals. And I don't know if the one in CUH still operates uh, or not. Eddie and Bandit, thank you for your text Eddie and Bandon says when the hot when the matrons ran the hospitals they went around every single ward every single morning Eddie says they were the days when I'd say we had proper hospitals now we've got people looking at computer screens and they never see a ward so they don't know what's going on on the ground and then Seamus in Butterfant is drawing attention to Waterford General Hospital and says what are they doing different they have nobody waiting on uh, trolleys and I found a piece from the examiner uh, from today in the examiner that while there were 760 patients as I mentioned on hospitals trolleys all over uh, the country uh, and we were talking about it being the highest since January of 2020. The, our listener who was it again? Uh, Seamus in Butterfant is correct. University Hospital in Waterford has not had a patient on a trolley at waiting admission since March of 2020. 20. The general manager, Grace Rothwell, monitors delays using the HSE's trolley counting system, which focuses on EDs, the emergency departments only. They don't count uh, the numbers of trolleys on wards. But as far as I know, the people, the trolleys, the 760 we're talking about are the trolleys that are in the in the ED department, the emergency department. And they've had none in University Hospital Waterford. They say they haven't had a patient on a trolley waiting for admission since March of 20. 2020 and last Saturday they actually hit their 1000 day without having a patient on a trolley 
in accident emergency waiting for uh, um, a bed. Now they, they've identified a number of tactics behind this huge work but they're reluctant to say what could be copied but that's what people are saying. Why can't we why can't every other hospital look at Waterford General Hospital and say okay what are you doing right and what you are doing right what could we could we not use what the, the techniques you're using and use them in in our hospitals now they do say that there's a person in charge but it's also having everybody on the team uh, involved so yeah I think I think you're absolutely right uh, Seamus that other hospitals could look to Waterford Hospital I mean the, it's, it's incredible to think that they are now a thousand days without having anybody waiting in their, their accident and emergency department. It does seem incredible. And Pat in for Moy uh, says on the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, they're always giving out figures about people on trolleys, but they never seem to have a solution. They should have stepped they should have stepped down facilities for people that are stuck in hospital. There are 500 people at the moment who are fit to go home but they have no homes to go to. Yeah, they either can't find a nursing home or they can't get a home care package. In fairness to Philney Hay of the INMO she did come out with um, you know, some solutions and one of them was to the complete use of private hospitals at the moment and also the curtailment of non-urgent uh, elective uh, care uh, but God knows we're seeing that already. They, they are doing that but one of her possible solutions is to use private hospitals instead. But Pat and Fomoy is critical of the Irish Nurses and Midwives organisations and they always seem to be giving out but never have the practical solutions. 0818103103. Our lines are open. Bernie's taking your calls. Text WhatsApp 0862. 103, 103. Now recently the local government maternity protection bill passed through both houses of the Oireachtas which will give for the very first time an entitlement of maternity leave to local councillors welcoming the passing of the bill. Solidarity Cork City Councillor Fiona Ryan who gave birth to a beautiful bonny baby boy just last August and I'm delighted to say that Fiona joins me this morning. Good morning to you Fiona. Good morning, thanks for having me on. Well, firstly, congratulations. And how is baby Sammy doing? Oh, he's a great form, so is he? he is. As I said, I'm doing this interview and he's in a good mood. So if you start hearing screaming in the background, forgive me. <laughs> well, I have to say, you, you made me smile when Bernie was booking uh, Fiona in yesterday. Uh, Fiona said, love to have a chat with Tricia, but you know, you'll have to. <laughs> it all depends on how Sammy will be. So hopefully Sammy will behave for the next couple of minutes. Now, the legislation comes, unfortunately, too late for you to take the mat leave. But do you feel that it might help to encourage other young females to maybe get involved in local politics if they they know that if they get pregnant, they'll be able to take maternity leave. Um, well, listen, it's, it's very welcome. You know, this is a long time coming. Sure, this was talked as a government priority in the early 2000s, um, which will tell you how long that, unfortunately, the state has been dragging a tail on something that's really, really the bare minimum, so basic, you know, something like maternity leave benefit. And it's not just me, unfortunately, who this is just a few months too late for. It's my colleague, Fiona Kearns, um, also had a baby recently. Um, two, two of my male colleagues, you know, uh, also have babies under six months. Unfortunately, there is no paternity leave, which I think is equally as important, obviously, with the burden of childcare disproportionately being on women. It's important that men have equal access to time off as well. However, all that being said, it's, it's, I think it's a good step forward, finally, um, and something that's been long awaited for. And I do think that, I mean, we're, we're struggling to get women active and involved in politics, um, despite the gender quotas. Uh, we actually have less representation on Cork City Council of Women, despite the quota, than we had the last term, which I think says to something about the burdens 
uh, and the difficulties um, in 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 the, the cost of childcare, and as you say, pre, prior to now, even lack of very basic protections that existed. So, so when Sammy was born in August, were you allowed any official time off from council duties following? No, the birth? I. I didn't take any time off at all and um, I was uh, back into the next council meeting there that was three weeks later and um, now luckily you know it's uh, you know it's it's, it's Mondays every week and other local authorities you know spread their meetings out throughout the week so it's a bit more manageable and with uh, the online system you know the physical council meetings are only once or twice a month so it was manageable for me i was lucky uh, and also i had baby and uh, just at the end of summer recess so i had a couple of weeks you know where where we could relax but but no there's no provision whatsoever it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it, the mind boggles, you know, we're, we're commemorating the fact and celebrating the fact that it's, you know, 100 years ago since the foundation of the state. Doesn't it feel very backwards that we're only introducing it now? Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Backwardsness, I think, is really makes up the, 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 the slow response of the state towards issues of um, inequality across the board. Um, I mean, up until this year, where some small strides have been made, the state only paid 0.1% of its GDP towards childcare. That's the lowest in Europe. Mm. Um, I mean, this, this, and, and so I mentioned earlier that this was talked as, as a government priority since the early 2000s. I mean, it was being discussed as, 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 um, as late as the, the mid-90s. Uh, and here we are in uh, 2023, where we've finally gotten some progress, a little bit too little, too late for myself, you know. But... Uh, and in and, and reality, you know, this, you know this, this isn't an issue that obviously strikes the heart of most ordinary people who are trying to, to, to pay their bills and, um, you know, live their lives. But I think it's what it is, the reflection of how, you know, the, the state talks a talk when it talks about, you know, dealing with, with, with inequalities, dealing with the lack of representation in politics for women and the burden of childcare um, and that, that, that disproportionately is on the shoulders of women. But when it comes to action, this, I think, is reflective of just how little of a priority it is. In yeah, and, and just, just, they just seem to be so slow to move. So what will the, the, what will the entitlements now mean to, if you were to have Sammy next August, what, what would the difference be? Well, it would mean that without penalty, you, you know, uh, you, you will be able to take time off. So right now, for example, if I had taken, let's say if I missed, if I had taken six months leave or, or four months leave, um, I would, that would count against me in my overall attendance. So councillors have to have 70% attendance uh, or else the, 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 the money that we get paid is, is garnished effectively, you know. Um, well, it, it would be regardless, we would have to pay back in any case, but once you hit under the 70% mark, that's when, you know, trouble starts. So um, it, it, it means that without having to, to worry or fret about your council position or the money you have to pay back, or it means that some time can be taken. And as I said, it, it, it is manageable. It was a bit manageable for myself. But I think that, you know, it's just, it shouldn't, it's just one extra thing that you shouldn't have to manage, I think, mm. in 2023 and when did, you have a baby. Did, and did I read, if, if needs be, you could nominate a temporary substitute? Yes, yeah. So obviously that's another issue, the question of voting. Um, especially in Cork City Council, uh, there's been many a time, especially around the city development plan, where votes came within one vote, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, the balance is quite 
uh, quite thin, you know, in terms of uh, the establishment parties versus um, smaller parties independents. So, uh, yes, being able to, to nominate someone is, is also extremely important as well. We've seen it as well in, in the Dáil as well, where there still isn't maternity leave uh, because of constitutional barriers that are in place now, uh, where there's, there's similar problems. I think Helen McAtee had a baby there. She did, um, she did, Very yeah. recently, yeah, 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 yeah. and, and baby boy. Issue. Yeah, 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 okay, so. I can I can hear Sammy is about to say, Mammy, you've spent enough time on the phone. Is is Sammy your first or? He's my first. Yeah, he's your yeah, first. He is All getting right. grumpy and rocking All him there. Right. And, uh, and, 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 you're, and you're loving and enjoying motherhood? I am, yeah. Uh, I know, yeah. he's great crack, he's great crack. I think more than anything that's what surprised me is how fun it is, you know. Yeah. Obviously exhausting, but... Yeah, and he's but he's getting to the age where it's really fun. It's really yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. The smiles and giggles are happening. Yeah, which so is great. Fun. Which is great. Listen, go away and enjoy him, Fiona. And thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Thanks. God bless. Take care. Bye bye. That is Solidarity. Uh, Cork City Councillor uh, Fiona Ryan and making a star appearance there. Her young four month old son, Sammy. 0818 103 103. Bernie's taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Now there was Huge excitement last month with the official opening of the long, long-awaited McCroom Bypass. Fianna Fáil Councillor Gubnett Moynihan is now calling for the new roundabout on the eastern side of McCroom to be named after Common Amon. And Gubnett joins me to explain more. Good morning to you, Gubnett. Good morning, Patricia. And, and How are you? I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme. Now, many of the men who took part in the struggle for freedom have been commemorated and listen, rightly so. But do you feel at times that the women of that era, at, at times they can be forgotten about almost? Yeah, and I don't think that they were, it was that they were forgotten. I think it was that they weren't written in the history books. I think that they were held with pride in local homes and communities, but may not have reached the history books, which was mainly focused on the the men who participated in it. Um, Which is a real shame. It is. It's fierce. And I suppose that's why I'm kind of um, pushing strongly that that roundabout would be named after... Here's Common an opportunity. Here, here's an opportunity. I suppose yeah. remi- remind listeners who Common Amon were and the role they played. Yeah, like they, I suppose that you could see them as a, a support group that were set up in the 1914 um, in Dublin. It was a case, uh, Kathleen Lane O'Kelly that uh, founded them in 14. But the idea for them was like they they were fighting for our freedom the same way the, the, the volunteers were, the men were at that time. They wanted a free Ireland um, as much as any man. Um, but they were doing the the jobs like um, gathering information at that time, um, or transporting guns from one area to another. So if there was an ambush on, um, it was easier for a woman under you know the McCroom cloak, we'll say, to, to hide the guns under her clothing than it was for a man, and that a woman would go unseen. So imagine like there was a woman there in McCroom. She wrote in her one of her statements there, the military statements. Molly Cunningham, how she hid three or four of those guns, revolvers under her clothing as she passed up um, McCroom Castle and the uh, enemy forces there. Like, imagine the danger oh she put herself in. Um, because, but, like, 
she was passionate, like all others, were for our freedom. Um, but I suppose their names weren't acknowledged, you know. Yeah, and, um, they, and they kept and supported the men. I mean, they were, they fed a so. lot of the men, they very hid a lot of so. the men. A lot of them worked as Red Cross workers, you know, to support the injured men. I mean, it was yeah, incredible what they the did. Run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was like, it was fierce. Like those that were on, the, the volunteers that were on the run, you know, it was the women who hid them in their houses, fed them, bedded them. Like when the great house in Balavona was burnt that time, there was four, there was four casualties badly burnt. And it was the women, the local coming on members, like I'm going to name them, like Minnie Toomey, Bridget Deneen, Katie O'Reilly. They are the ones who who minded them for the six months, kept them hidden in their, in whatever part of their house and keeping them, they were in danger as well, the women for doing this. But they, they still did it. They minded them, they fed them, they bedded them. And like, it's not particularly about any one member of Come on the Mind because there are so many of them. I want it to be about all of them. And that's why this isn't about any one name. This is about all of them. It's going to be called, well, my hopes mm-hmm. is that it would be called the Come on the Mind roundabout. So once Google Maps starts to shout out, you're approaching um, coming on roundabout, oh, if you start that conversation yeah, in the car, yeah. then, you know. And, and it would be amazing. It, it would be just like, amazing to, he- to hear it being called out on, on, on over the sat-nav, wouldn't it? Very much so. And I think it would start conversations. And, like, that's okay if people don't know um, local people. Like, the information can be found there, but online with the military records or the pension statements, but also just even to ask the question, going, God, who were these women? You know, and like, you'd be surprised at the, the local knowledge people have, you know, of neighbours or of family members and, and just getting that out there. I think that in itself, even us having this conversation today is a success in raising awareness about these extremely brave women who played a huge part, who, who uh, wrote chapters in our history, yet physically weren't written in those books. Yeah, and you you raised your suggestion at a recent council meeting. Talk to me about the support that you got. Yeah, loads of support, actually. Like, uh, other councillors were very interested in it as well and very encouraging of the fact. Um, So I was delighted with that. Like, I I was keen to hear their points of view. So, yeah, huge support in the... Which is great, which is is great. And who decides how... A roundabout is named, or if a roundabout is named, uh, what's the procedure there? Very interesting question, Patricia, <laughs> because there's no, there was no clarity on it, but I got clarity that day. There isn't an official process on how it's carried out, but it is a reserved function of councillors. Brilliant. So the chief executive, the report I got that day s- suggested that there would be a public consultation um, and that it would be brought towards the uh, municipal district members for the McCroom Municipal District. So um, wouldn't it be great? Like, wouldn't it be great if Google Maps was saying you are now approaching the come on the man roundabout? Yeah, it would be great. And would, it, would, would you like to see it go to some kind of a, a public, oh, of public oh, vote yeah, or public yeah, consultation? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, I, I have spoken to a number of different people about this and they're, they're delighted to hear about it. And Grace, they got to support inside in the council chamber as well. But geez, I'd be delighted to hear what other people think as well. Yeah, and I think be great. it's a great opportunity for people to be part of the process as well, you know, um, put in their submission. And if it's not something they are happy with, that's OK. They might have a, a better idea, you know. But I suppose for me right now, I think these are the most important people who should be remembered. And this is just one way it could be done. 
one way that their names would or their their memories would be kept alive. Yeah, yeah. And Camille, tell us how is the how is the new roundabout going? How is the new uh, the the bypass? Good, yeah, great, good, yeah. Um, I suppose it took like because we had the bad weather there immediately after the bypass opening. It was hard to kind of judge yeah. um, the traffic in the town. But no, you definitely noticed it. Yeah, you would, and like that'll free up the town for the Christmas shopping now that. You know, there's going to be a space in the square and you're not going to be stressed when you're trying to drive through McCroom. You'll be able to pull in and do your Christmas shopping at your ease, you know. So, And is there, is there already a feeling in the, is the town busy? Is there, is there a lot yeah. of... Sp- oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, great. Yeah, but like it's it was great. just hard to judge it there now with the ice and the road and everything. Yeah, true, weren't. true. Yeah, but I now that we're to the new year. That, Actually, yeah. there was a question in, if I can find it now, when I mentioned that you were coming on from Adrian in mid-Cork. When you're discussing the McCroom bypass this morning, has there been any update on the permanent junction compact graded junction similar to the Mill Street Road junction with access access roads at Carrigafuca being put in place after the temporary roundabout there is removed. Do you understand that? Um, I... I, there is there is a temporary roundabout there at Carrigafuca at the moment, and yeah. that was purely because the the bypass was opened ahead of time to make the most of of um, it. We'll say for the Christmas or whatever. But that is a temporary that is a temporary roundabout, and it's not on the the original drawings. And the idea then is afterwards is that that would be closed off, and that you would go straight on. Um, so maybe it's in, in regards to that, and wondering whether that's happening. Unfortunately, that is still the plan that it would be that it would be closed off that roundabout. So yeah, I think um, what what Adrian is asking about will there be a permanent junction when the roundabout is gone? Will there be a permanent junction with with an access road with access roads? There won't, is what you're saying. They won't onto the roundabout, no, or onto the bypass. They won't, no. They, they'll be the, they'll be. You'll hop on it at Coolcower. You can hop off it um, at Mill Street Cross, or you can hop off it at Toon Lawn, and then it would finish um, on the other side of Balivorna. Yeah. So that temporary um, roundabout you say is only there because the bypass opened ahead of time. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 And would be closed up again then, so that you would fly, we'll say, from Coolcower or the. Um, come on the man roundabout <laughs> to, to the other side of Bailevorna within a minute and you yeah. will fly keeping within the speed limit of course of ok course, yeah. listen Governor thank you for that keep us posted on this one I think this is a really exciting one you certainly have my 100% support on this I think thank it's you. a terrific initiative have a happy Christmas and all the best for you 2023 too. you too thanks, thanks for joining us uh, bye 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 that is uh, Fianna Fáil uh, Councillor Governor Moynihan with her suggestion to uh, rename that new roundabout the Common Naman roundabout. I'm interested in your thoughts. Get them into us 0818 103 103. Bernie's taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp your thoughts as well to 0862 103 103. A listener has just been on to say that they have found uh, what is definitely a pet rabbit because he's described as being quite big. It's a white rabbit with brown and grey patches. And uh, the listener is in the Avondale Park area of Mallow. And she has, <laughs> the rabbit came into her garden or she stumbled upon it somewhere uh, in the estate, but she's looking after the pet rabbit. And I don't know how far rabbits go, but I'm assuming they don't travel very far. So is anybody in that? General Avondale Park area missing a rabbit or can you go out to your rabbit hutch to see has your rabbit escaped because if so uh, we have the listener's name and contact details uh, to get the rabbit back to you that is a white rabbit 
brown and grey patches on it. Give Bernie a call. She's got all the details. 0818103103. And I tell you, my heart goes out to Finbar in Mallow. He has contacted us in the last hour. He was in Blackpool doing some shopping uh, this morning. Now, Finbar suffers with Crohn's colitis. He was in the Aldi supermarket in Blackpool and he got what he described as an episode. So he went to one of the workers and said, is it possible? Uh, do you have public toilets? Can I use your toilet, please? Uh, and he explained that he had Crohn's to be told that no, unfortunately, in that supermarket, they only have a staff toilet. They don't have public toilets in that particular supermarket in uh, Blackpool. He ended up having to get out of the store as quickly as possible, but he's, he ended up soiling himself. And uh, he was on the phone just to talk to us about it. And Bernie said he was really upset. That's just awful. It's just really awful uh, that that happens. And I know supermarkets, some supermarkets are great. Some supermarkets do have public uh, toilets. Others, for whatever reason, don't. And I know in Blackpool, in the shopping centre, on the other side, there definitely are really good uh, public toilets. But I don't know on the side where Aldi is, are there any public uh, toilets? And I think anyone who suffers from Crohn's, anyone who has ever had a colitis uh, attack will know the urgency when you need to go you need to go and most businesses are really really good about allowing people in even if they only have a staff toilet when it's explained that's for a medical reason so it's just my heart goes out to you uh, Fimber and um, just not a nice thing to happen for sure hopefully your day will get a bit better 0818 103 103 we were speaking about the McCroom bypass in the last hour with um, Councillor Governor Moynihan and she's putting out the, the call on behalf of the mighty women of Cumminamon that we should name the roundabout I just love the idea of driving on a sat nav at hearing the voice say you're now approaching Cumminamon Roundabout or take the first exit on Cumminamon Roundabout I just love the idea of that on a sat, a sat nav and we're, we're interested in your thoughts and comments are you with Governor Moynihan on this do you think that we've an opportunity now because seemingly the naming of the roundabout it's up to the local authority whether they want to name it or not and it looks like they are going to go about naming it is this an opportunity for it to be for the women of Cumminamon to be uh, remembered and what I was chatting with Governor about it, Adrian in Mid Cork got on and was wondering about the temporary roundabout uh, that's there that's been put in place and would that be left in place? Now, I asked Governor and she said no, that the temporary roundabout was only put in place because the bypass opened ahead of schedule. Now, it's fantastic that the bypass is opened ahead of schedule. Everybody is welcoming uh, that, but it, it's not going to be, it's not going to remain in place. And I take from Adrian in Mid Cork who WhatsApped us, I take it he was hoping it, wa- it would remain in uh, place because it gives, it, it, there's access roads off it at uh, Carrigafuca. Somebody was on straight away to say that temporary roundabout at Carrigafuca should be left there. This cistern and, and I, I've, I don't know if how much it costs but this cistern reckons that it costs a lot of money to put it in place and therefore it's a waste of money if they're going to take it away. We're listening to Governor. Governor said it is going to be removed. It was only ever put in place as a temporary measure and it was only put in place because the, the bypass has opened uh, sooner. Uh, thank you for your text to 0862103103. Yesterday on the comment line, Jur contacted us and he is one of the last official figure I could get was about 66,000 people who still haven't received 
their COVID bonus payment, this payment that was announced now, 11, was 11 months ago yesterday, the government decided they were going to give €1,000 to the frontline workers. Now, I know it led to a bit of a dispute as to who exactly was a frontline worker and who wasn't a frontline worker, but they eventually got all of that sorted out. All of the HSC workers, it seems, have received their money, but it's the people who work in the private sector, the Section 39s and the people in nursing homes, not all of them have received their money yet. And I, I felt for Jerry yesterday because he had Oh, he's already got confirmation that he's entitled to the, this money and he's getting it so he's not because I do know there are people in dispute and who are almost fighting the system saying I was a frontline worker and others saying oh technically you weren't a frontline worker and there's still a bit of disputes going on there but Jura is one of the ones who has been identified as a frontline worker but he's still waiting on the money and any research that I did yesterday it's looking like there will be some people who won't receive that payment this side of Christmas it is going to go into the new year can't quite get to the bottom of what the delays are but when uh, Ger was on yesterday and by the way we felt so sorry for Ger yesterday we gave him one of our 50 euro super value vouchers we just felt just to try to cheer him up particularly when we discovered that it isn't looking like everyone is going to get that payment uh, before Christmas and I've had an email in overnight to say hi Patricia I was listening to that gentleman about his COVID bonus uh, payment I agree with him 100% everything he had to say yesterday I am a healthcare assistant and I am also in that group I haven't been paid yet either I worked while I was pregnant when COVID was raging, was at the height of uh, the numbers. I put my health and my unborn baby's health at risk. And this is the thanks I'm getting. Please don't call out my details. But here is somebody who is also waiting, which is just, it really is shocking, isn't it? It's just, I can't, it's just, and I've, I've mentioned it so many times before because it's absolutely, it's taking the good out of the payment. The payment was announced on the 19th of February and are the, the, sorry, the 19th of January it was announced and everybody applauded it and said, you know, we gave rounds of applause to our health workers and here was something very tangible and something practical, kind of a thank you to it, uh, to people and it was it's tax free and all of that. And, you know, a lot of people who worked as frontline workers were very appreciative of the money and those that have it probably have it well spent by now. But for people that are waiting on it, at a time when we are in a cost of living crisis and at a time when we're into the most expensive, it might be the most wonderful time of the year for most people, but it can be the most expensive time of the year for everybody. So people relying on that. And you know that when you know you're getting money, you know that money is arriving and in your head you have it spent, you have it allocated, you might have had it allocated to bills, you might have it allocated to presents and then for it not to arrive, as I say, it's just completely and absolutely taking the gloss uh, off uh, it. So my, my heart went out to Jar and to others, as I say, and Jar when he came on, we, we did say that he isn't on his own. 0818103103 and then we had a listener contacted us who's in the West Cork area. Now I'm assuming by the tone of this call is is it somebody new to the area and they're obviously bingo fans they want to know where in the West Cork area to our bingos on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday night. So it's somebody obviously there are people who go to bingos I to believe that there are people who will be going to bingo four nights a week but there are people who absolutely love their bingo it is their 
social night out or social nights out in some cases. So I'm assuming this is somebody new to the area. Now, obviously not between here and Christmas, because even though there will be some some bingos on, but I suppose for the new year. But the regular bingos that go that go on. I mean, if I went through the community diary, some of them will certainly pop up on the community diary in the new year. But is there anybody else out there who maybe is in the West Cork area and a bingo fan who goes to bingo on a Monday and on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday and on a Thursday? This person obviously doesn't want to go on the weekend, Friday through Sunday, not interested in bingo, just on the weekday nights. If anybody can help us with that, uh, please uh, do. 0818 103 103. Bernie taking your call. C103 Jobs. Construction workers wanted. It's for a new housing development in Cork McSherry. The job starts in January 2023. CVs please to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. La Cayla Childcare in Mallow. They're looking for a child care practitioner. CVs please to childcare.supervisor at lacaylafrc.ie. An experienced sales rep is wanted for Ballycoreen Airport Road in Cork. CVs please to the service manager at service at lifttrucks.ie. And an office manager with a minimum of five years admin experience required for Mill Street. Now a drone pilot also required for either of those positions. Email CV and a cover note please to hr at monsterdroneservices.com. You'll find all of the details and more job opportunities by going online now. You just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is... Now, new research from Safe Food reveals that almost four in ten people are concerned about the Christmas dinner and getting it right this year. The main concern, no real surprise, is around the cost of food, while a further 9% claim to be worried about overcooking the turkey, with 6% focused on undercooking it. With words of advice, I'm joined by Mairead McGam, who is Technical Executive in Food Science at Safe Food. Good morning to you, Mairead. Good morning, Patricia. And you're, you? I'm very, I'm very well, thank you. From a safety point of view, undercooking the turkey is that the real worry for you? Well, I suppose it is. Yeah, and I suppose Christmas dinner is one of the most important meals of the year. And as as we see by our poll, like cost is a big factor this year for people. So you know, putting a Christmas dinner together can be very expensive. So I suppose we're trying to give people some tips to help them make the most of their Christmas dinner. And I suppose one of the tips that we're emphasising this year, that if you haven't already started using a meat thermometer, that I suppose it's a really good way of giving you that extra reassurance that your turkey will be fully cooked. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier and I think it was following a safe food uh, interview a number of years ago. I went out and bought one of those uh, meat, meat uh, thermometers. They're not very expensive and they're, they're, they're easily, it was, it was a local hardware store I went in and picked one up. Yeah, you can get them in lots of places now. I think they're available in lots of supermarkets, hardware stores, even some butchers um, shops supply them. So Great investment. Know, yeah, you can pick one up for about €8, Euro, I think. Yeah, um, and it just, just gives you peace of mind. Yes, and it doesn't have to be. A, obviously, you can get ones for, that are much more expensive, digital ones, but a dial one will do. And it does, it gives you that confidence, I suppose, that you know, uh, when you're cooking your turkey, that any harmful bacteria that can be present, I suppose, in any raw meat, will be killed in the centre of your turkey. Because that's the real danger with the undercooking, isn't it? It is, I suppose. And uh, I suppose that's why we're, I suppose, emphasising the use of a meat thermometer. As I said, it gives you that safety reassurance. 
I suppose for I suppose when you want to go using your meat thermometer, I suppose um, for people that haven't used it before, um, when you're taking your turkey out of the oven to check that it's fully cooked, um, you need to pierce the thickest part of the turkey, and that is between the leg and the breast, with the clean thermometer probe. I suppose when it reads. 75 degrees Celsius or greater, then you'll know your turkey is safe to eat okay, and fully okay. cooked. Okay, start at the beginning then with the actual purchasing of the turkey because, as you know, as we both said, cost is certainly a factor this year. Do you feel people will go for smaller turkeys? Yeah, people have indicated that. But, um, you know, I suppose a good way where to start is, you know, if you just calculate how many people you're cooking for, you know, that's coming round for dinner so that you don't overbuy, I suppose, and create unnecessary waste. Um, we have a little chart on our website that kind of calculates, you know, how much turkey does for how many people. So if you log on to safefood.net, that's very helpful um, place to start there. And roughly, what, what, what is it? What, what, what should you do if you, if you have six people coming for, yeah, uh, for dinner? Yeah, uh, uh, three to four kg turkey. Three to we'll four. Feed, yeah, we'll yeah. feed four to six people. And if you want to pick a uh, seven to eight kg one, we'll feed 12 to 15 people. Yeah. And don't wash it. I mean, this was something that certainly I always remember my mother, God be good to her, used to always give the turkey a good old wash. That's now gone. You don't wash the turkey. No, we advise against this because it actually spread food poison bacteria around your kitchen that we've seen from research. So it can spread it as far as an arm's length away from your kitchen sink. So I suppose if you think of things that could be around there, you could have kitchen utensils and things that can get contaminated. So we just say, no, when, when it's fully cooked, then your turkey is safe to eat. You don't need to wash the turkey beforehand. To stuff or not to stuff uh, is kind of a question raised that comes up every year. And does that affect the cooking of the turkey? It does. And I suppose we only recommend stuffing a turkey if you have an electric fan assisted oven because I suppose that gets the air circulating into the, you know, and cooks it fully. So otherwise, cook it outside the turkey. But if you have a fan assisted oven, yes, you can put in um, 10% of the weight of your bird. So if you have a 5 kg bird, you can... Um, put in 500 grams of stuffing. And just, I suppose, make sure too that that is fully cooked, it's piping hot all the way through when you're finished cooking your turkey also. Now we find, when I mentioned that you were going to be joining us on the programme and one of the things we will be talking about was the turkey, a number of people have been on to say they managed to get a good bargain buy on a turkey in recent weeks and they've had it in in the freezer. The defrosting of the turkey, does that depend on the size of the turkey? It does, and I suppose... (laughs) If you have quite a large turkey, it can take quite a long time. It might surprise people, but it can take up to three days to Whoa. defrost a, a large turkey. Yeah, so it takes. you should allow 24 hours for four to five pounds of turkey. So it can take up to a few days, as I say, to defrost a large one. So you'll need to um, take your turkey out of the freezer and place it in the bottom of your fridge um, and allow, obviously, an, enough time before Christmas Day to do this. So you would defrost it in the fridge? Yes, always defrost it in the fridge, yeah, oh. at the bottom shelf of your fridge. And then, so this will prevent any drips coming from your turkey onto any um, ready-to-eat food and causing some um, cross-contamination. 
Yeah, Jenny, one of our listeners said, we had a disaster one year when ma'am took the turkey out of the fridge, having put it in there the night before to defrost it and it was still rock solid. We ended up having no turkey that Christmas because it was only on Christmas morning she discovered it was still frozen. So yeah, gave it plenty of time to... Plenty of time. Plenty yeah. of time to, to, to defrost it. And then if, I mean, we all will end up with leftovers. I mean, this is the, it, it's how to try to avoid the leftovers. And I suppose firstly, it's down to the planning, isn't it? Of how much we cook, how much we buy and therefore how much we cook. Yeah. And I suppose just with leftovers, I suppose, um, I suppose it's just getting them into the fridge within two hours of cooking is is, is the advice we would give. Um, So I suppose a turkey, as we can say, is quite large, so it it might take a long time to cool down. So if you slice it up into smaller pieces, and let it cool down and get it into your fridge within two hours. But once it's refrigerated, you can use your leftovers within three days. And I suppose we have lots of recipes for leftovers on our website. Um, if anyone wants to go and look, yeah, I was looking at them. There's some, yeah, there's some fantastic uh, suggestions on it, and and some new ones that I hadn't come across, like a suggestion of a turkey and butternut squash curry that looks. Gorgeous pictures of it as well, and it looks absolutely uh, delicious. And even something like a turkey and bacon hash brown bake. So there's lots and lots of uh, uh, suggestions, but get them in the fridge is the big one. But when we go out to do the shop, uh, the one thing, Mairead, I've noticed, and I th- it certainly is tied in with the cost of living crisis, I have never seen so many people walking around a shopping centre or walking around the supermarkets with a list. Yeah, well, I suppose it is about preparing and, um, you know, cleaning out your fridge before you go and do your shopping. I suppose throw out things that are past their use by date. So I suppose you know what um, you need to purchase and you're not going to purchase anything unnecessarily. And a list is, yeah, a list really helps you, I suppose, plan and not buy unnecessary items or too much of something. Yeah, so it is all about planning before that. Yes, stick to the list and check what's in the food cupboard so that you're not in the supermarket going, do I need that? Do I not need that? And then, of course, we all err on the side of, oh, I'll buy it. And then you get home and there's two more packets of it or two more tins of it exactly, at, at, at home. We're, we're all guilty of that. So that, that is one way you can cut down. And I suppose a meal plan, um, if you want to be t- really organised, plan your meals. Yeah, plan your meals in advance. Yeah, as I say, we have a number of charts on our website to help you do this. So, you know... And the other thing is you have. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Lots of leftovers. You could share them with people that came for dinner so that you're not throwing out unnecessary um, leftovers. Or you can put things in the freezer also, which is a good way of um, um, preventing food waste. Yeah, and I, you mentioned cleaning out the fridge. There never, particularly Christmas, there never seems to be enough room in the fridge for everything that you want to get in. That's where we really have to be selective about what we put in the fridge. I mean, I was I was cleaning out my own fridge yesterday in preparation for uh, Christmas and I've got things in the fridge that don't need to be in there like, you know, brown sauce and tomato ketchup. That doesn't need to be in the fridge, sure it doesn't. Well, I suppose you should read really read the um, manufacturer's instructions on that because some of them um, do need to be refrigerated once opened. Yeah, but the ones so I, I check that. But things like I suppose cans of um, drinks, Minerals, cans of drinks, yeah. and yeah, yeah, bottles of drinks. You can take them out if you need to make extra space in your fridge for your Christmas turkey. Throw in, throw in ice instead. And the and the one that I can never get a definitive answer on eggs. We go through a lot of eggs in our house. Should you keep eggs in the fridge? You should keep your eggs in the fridge. You should. Yes. Okay. yes. All right. You're 100% for that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Listen, Mairead, we leave it there. Thank you for that. And people, as I say, can find out you have loads and loads of information on uh, safefood.ie. .net. .net. My apologies. Yes. My apologies. <laughs> safefood.net. Okay, Mairead, listen, thank you for that. And thanks to, for taking time out to talk to us. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Margaret says, where can you get the leaflet for using the leftovers? Um, it's it's all online. It's uh, safefood.net and they have a special Christmas uh, section on it. There's lots and lots uh, on it and they give loads of tips similar to the tips that I that Mairead was given. Uh, but they have, they've got a chef involved. I don't I can't remember the name of the chef now, but there's a chef involved uh, giving lots of recipes particularly with Christmas in mind with things like knowing that we're going to have turkey and ham left over and no matter how good we are about saying I'll reduce the size of the turkey and ham I don't think there's ever a household that say we ate every single bit of the turkey and ham and there was absolutely zero waste because I think every household we just have a tendency to air I think maybe it's an Irish thing well I'm, I mean I will always have I will always whenever I cook certainly Christmas dinners or Sunday lunches I'll always have an extra plateful and a, Nobody ever shows up for the extra plateful, I have to say. But there'll always be enough to feed one other person. And I, I don't know whether that's in my DNA. Then no matter what I do, I can never manage to cut back and get it exactly right that there's just enough food to put on everybody's plate with nothing left over, as I say. I think we're feeders. I think we, the Irish, are just feeders and that therefore more goes into the pot. 0818103103. Bernie's taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862. 103-103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. 
Now, once again, animal charities like Dogs Trust are reminding people that a dog is for life because, unfortunately, there has been a rapid rise in the number of surrendered dogs around the country. To talk about the number of requests to surrender a dog, I'm joined by Kira Byrne, who's Head of Communications at uh, Dogs Trust. Good morning to you, Kira. Hi, yeah, how are you? I'm Thanks very well. Me. Well, you're very welcome to the programme. Are you still seeing what we at the time were calling the, the lockdown puppies or the pandemic uh, puppies? People thinking it was a great idea to get a dog uh, during the pandemic and during the lockdowns. Are you still seeing those dogs being surrendered? We are, unfortunately. Um, what we've seen is that during the, the, the pandemic in particular, there was a surge in the demand for dogs um, and that has, has sharply decreased and we're seeing a lot of surrender requests now coming through our doors. We have um, have over 2,600 requests this year so far, um, uh, which is higher than, than it has been, in, certainly um, since two, back to 2018. So we're definitely seeing a massive uh, shift there in, in, in people having to surrender their dogs. And are the financial implications of keeping a dog also forcing some people to have no choice but to surrender their pets? It's definitely a factor, um, but the the most common reason that we see actually is behaviour related, and that could be for a number of different reasons. Um, you know, sadly, every year we have to reiterate the message that people need to consider all aspects of dog ownership before they commit to welcoming a dog into their family. So while puppies and and and, and taking on a new dog, you know, is lots of fun, incredible, they're incredibly cute. There's a lot of hard work that needs to go in to them to you know, to get them to, to a point where they're going to have positive behaviour. So um, it's something that we really see all too often that the, the train, the basic training and that, that early training um, isn't carried out and then the dog starts acting out and that's when they, they have problem behaviours that the, the, the owners can't cope with. Yeah, and I, and I know we do a regular uh, pet slot here uh, on the programme on a Thursday. And we, certainly as we came out of lockdown and people started heading back into the office, like we had a number of calls in from listeners with much loved pets who were suffering anxiety because suddenly from what was a very busy household, there was nobody at home and the dogs were were starting to act out. Act yeah, out. absolutely. Yeah, that's, you're, you're absolutely right. You've hit the nail on the head and Separation anxiety is a big thing, um, you know, with that we see with dogs, and um, it, not just dogs that were that were puppies, um, you know, in lockdown. It, we so we were seeing it with older dogs as well, who may have been used to the owner their owner leaving the house, but then lockdown happened. They were in the house all day, and they got used to that. And it was that change, you know, that shift. The you know the 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 dog having to readjust then back to. Um, a new normal and and that can be quite unsettling for a dog and that may lead to pining for their owner when they go out maybe you know more barking things like that that would be deemed as unwanted behaviors that the owners can't cope with anymore and and there's there's all sorts of reasons like that that an owner would would decide then to, to to relinquish their dog and it's so sad to think of anybody uh, surrendering their dogs but at least kira they're not just dumping the dogs. I mean, not all the time, but it does sadly still happen. Um, you know, we actually just uh, released a story there about a, a beautiful nurtured dog called Carmel. Um, and she was abandoned and found wandering at the side of the road, had had been run over, you know. So 
Um, it's just awful that, um, that 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 is still happening. That dogs are sadly abandoned and strained. Um, and um, yeah, it's just really really sad. But it is still happening that they're being surrendered, but they're also being abandoned as well. I saw pictures of that. It was one of the reasons that were prompted us to bring you on today. I saw the pictures of uh, Carmel. What a, she's, she's a beautiful looking dog Gorgeous. as well. God help yeah. her. Just I, I I see you can I you can see in the photographs. Her back, her back legs are are still bandaged up. What happened to her back legs? Well, we we're not we're not one hundred percent sure because obviously we don't know her story. She was found wandering the, the streets, and she'd probably been trained for some time. And um, but what the, the the vets have told us is that there's a possibility that she may have been either knocked down or 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 sadly even dragged by a car. Um, and it's just absolutely unthinkable. It's just, it, it's not even, it's not even worth thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're just so happy that she's in the, in the best place now. She's in the right place, the, the, in the best hands. People who love her and, um, you know, we look after her now and dogs trust until she's, you know, back on all four paws and ready but to go she home. Was, to, she was to ama- she was emaciated, dehydrated. She was, yeah. And look, when, when they're wandering the streets, that's, Unfortunately, that's what happens, you know. Um, it's just absolutely, un- it, it is, it's unthinkable, you know, that someone would just leave a dog like that out. And she's so sweet. She yes. is like the kindest heart. She hasn't let it get her down. She's, you know, she's still so full of life and she's just absolutely a testament to how rewarding it is to, to take on a rescue dog. It really is. And she, what is she, about about two, is she? Um, yeah, it's it's quite again. It's quite hard to tell, but we would imagine be, between two and five. Okay, she's a young dog. Yeah. she is a young dog. Yeah, yeah but absolutely. just to think of the poor thing, the pain that she must have been in. It's just it it, it is dreadful. But what I what I also loved about this story was uh, Carmel. Uh, Kira, you know, Carmel arrives in this dreadful um, condition. Uh, you know, and have been sadly and badly neglected. You take that dog to a vet and say make this dog better. You never give up on a dog. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that we, we have been, you know, the phrase, a dog is for life, not just for Christmas, was coined over 40 years ago by Dogs Trust. And sadly, it is still as relevant today as it was back then. Um, you know, you, you need to look at all of the things that go into looking after a dog for potentially 12 to 13 years, because that's the average lifespan of a dog. Um, you know, you need to make sure that you've, Everything thought of from vet bills to how much food is going to cost if you're going on holidays, that you've got someone to look after them or you'll have to pay for boarding kennels or, you know, doggy daycare if you're going to work. And all, all these things, you know, it, it really, there's so much that you need to think of. And it really, that's the one the one word of advice we give to people is please just think of the long-term commitment and responsibility of owning a dog before you decide to take one on. Okay, well said, well said. And Carmel will go on, will she go on to find a forever home? Would that be the plan for her? We, that is her. That yes. is the plan for her. We really, really hope so. We hope that she'll she'll find a home soon. And there's no reason why she shouldn't. She's an absolutely gorgeous dog, um, beautiful personality, really happy despite everything she's been through. So we're really, really optimistic that she'll find a home home as soon as she's on the mend. And no matter how badly treated a dog has been, they can they can learn to trust again, can't they? They re- they really can. They really can. It's you know it's amazing. We see it all the time. Um, how they're just so resilient sometimes and they can, despite all the odds, just still have a happy demeanour and be trusting. And 
sometimes dogs do, do take a bit longer though to build trust depending on the dog i mean they're like they're like humans they've different personalities they're all so different you know and um, so how one how quickly one dog will recover and learn to trust again will be completely parallel to or completely opposite to what another dog will I know, so you I know, know it's, they're all so different but they're all absolutely gorgeous in, the, in their own special ways and we really do believe there is a special someone out there for every single different dog and um, because we're all we're all different yeah. you know and we all you know like different personalities in a dog as well so um we definitely remain really optimistic that all the dogs um in our care will we'll find loving home. Well done. Well well done. And of course, and we say this every single year and we'll say it again, never give or get a dog around the Christmas period. It's just too busy a time and there's too many things going on. Absolutely. Yeah, that is our, our one word of advice. There's, it's the, the, the worst time to take on a dog when there's a busy household, when people are excited and that excitement then wears off and you still have to put the training in and you still have to do all of that groundwork um, and Christmas is just not a good time to, to, to you know, to be taking on a dog when, when you're not in your normal day-to-day routine. OK, but, but you know, do consider owning a dog as we head into uh, the new year. It's uh, unconditional love and the dog becomes part of the family, Kira. Absolutely, it is. It's so rewarding um, to to adopt a dog and and give them a, a second chance of life. You know, um, and we're you know we really do promote dog ownership as well um, because it is such a, a rewarding experience for for the dog and the owner. Um, so yeah, we would definitely encourage that and to adopt and to try and adopt um, where, you know where possible because. Obviously, there's so many dogs now in, in rehoming centres all across Ireland, including our own, um, that are looking for homes. And we do rehoming nationwide as well. Um, so we're all across Ireland. Um, we've got we've got um, different services all across Ireland to adopt dogs from different parts of the country. So um, especially down in the Munster region, we do lots of adopting down there. Um, so yeah, absolutely, and um, we would definitely encourage that. Yeah, and and anyone I certainly have ever dealt with either on this program or would know personally, when you adopt a dog, when you're giving a dog a second chance, there's something even more special about that bond. It's as almost like the dog knows you're giving me a second chance yeah. here. I'm 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 going to pay you back. Absolutely, they're just so they're just yeah they're such sweet creatures by nature, you know. Um, and yeah, we would definitely. We would definitely recommend it and say that yeah, you'll you'll definitely get a twofold back. Yeah, I'd be afraid to ask you, Kira. Have you have you many dogs yourself? Well, I've grown up with with so many dogs, and I've actually got two cats at the moment. Oh, have you? <laughs> <laughs> who were who are petrified of dogs? Oh, but, no. uh, that... I, have two, I have two cats and two kids, but I've do, I do like the fostering, so I'll take dogs back and you know usually the younger more t- uh, calmer ones that, uh, that don't frighten the cats but, yeah, the, cats are, um, the cats won't be too pleased with you when you arriving in with the foster <laughs> dogs for sure they're not, and, and they're not besties Martin in from Oi says uh, my dog drives me insane but we couldn't cope without him he is a great dog and so many people saying I couldn't even begin to consider uh, surrendering my dog my dog is part of my family ok Kira, as always a pleasure to talk to you have a happy and a safe uh, Christmas to everybody at uh, Dogs Trust and no doubt we'll speak again in the new year Thank you so much Happy Christmas Happy Christmas to you Bye bye That is uh, Kira Byrne joining us from Dogs Trust with once again the reminder that a dog is for life it is not for Christmas 0818 103 103 Bernie's taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 
103 103. Now just to, uh, for people living in the Lep uh, area, just had an email in from Irish Water and Cork County Council to advise customers in the LEP area that nighttime restrictions on their water supply will kick in tonight, December the 20th from 10pm to 7am. It isn't often during the winter months that we're talking about restrictions in water supply. It's normally something that happens in the middle of a heat wave. So nighttime restrictions on water supply from 10 o'clock tonight until 7am tomorrow morning. Irish Water regretting any of the inconvenience caused and it's as a result of um, it's a result of they say it's necessary due to a high number of leaks and burst pipes in the area following the thaw Irish Water say crews are again on the ground today. They're working to repair the leaks that have been identified. They're trying to restore normal water supply and they're trying to do that as quickly as possible. In the meantime, they're thanking the local community for their patience and for their for their, for continuing to try to conserve water. And how do you conserve water? Turn off taps, check to see if you have any leaks on outside taps and also they're saying if you've got unoccupied premises to please check those to make sure that there isn't any leaks because it's always at the thaw that we get these burst pipes and if anybody notices a leak but in the public network they should report it immediately to Irish Water now you can do it via their website water.ie by calling a free phone number 1800 278 278 and localised updates by the way about water supply issues not just for LEP for other areas you can find that on that same website water.ie and I always find if you tweet any of these organisations they're always great to come back to you quickly their Twitter handle is at IWCare but it's water.ie is the website but for people in LEP just please be aware there will be restrictions uh, and I'm assuming that does that mean for some areas it'll be completely switched off from 10 o'clock tonight until 7am tomorrow morning. Now let me go to calls and comments that have been coming into the programme uh, throughout the morning. Firstly can I just say number of people sending in lovely messages to wish us a happy Christmas um, and we appreciate that. I won't get to all of them unfortunately but thank you thank you I do appreciate calls that are coming in and texts and whatsapps that are coming in wishing all of us here a a happy Christmas and uh, hopefully by the time we get to Friday, Friday will be like our Christmas Eve programme when of course we'll always have our annual chat with um, the wonderful Alice Taylor. I look forward to that every year and I try my best to do as little talking as possible and try and get in as many songs as we can and sort of Christmas songs that we don't play sort of in the run up to Christmas Um, Frank Kelly's The Twelve Days of Christmas always gets requested and I always make sure that I include that on the Christmas Eve programme which of course Christmas Eve being Saturday our Christmas Eve programme is going to be on the Friday instead and we'll get to play some requests as well if you want to say you know send Christmas greetings uh, to loved ones so we will do that on Friday but um, but thank you to people who have been kind enough to send in really nice uh, Christmas messages and then talking of Christmas and waiting on Christmas and Christmas cards and Christmas messages and Christmas presents. Lucy has been on to us this morning to say she is waiting on a parcel from the UK that she reckons her sister posted. Her sister reckons it's in the post at least three weeks and it still hasn't arrived. So she's wondering, is, is anybody receiving parcels or even cards from the UK? Now, of course, the reason that there's a problem with post in and out of the UK is the postal workers have been on strike. I think they've had six days of strike action now at this stage where they literally have downed tools. And I was looking at the weekend I saw 
aerial photographs, it was I'm assuming drone footage taken of tens of thousands of parcels in all these containers that were lined up outside a sorting office. I think it was the main sorting office in Bristol. And uh, I was thinking, how in God's name are they ever going to get through all of those packages? They certainly won't be able to get through to them in time for Christmas. And of course, the add on is there's more strikes. The Royal Mail are out two days this week. They're out the 23rd, which is Friday, and they're, they normally do a delivery on Christmas Eve. They're not going to be doing a delivery on Christmas Eve either. So when they finish up, on Thursday in the UK if people haven't received packages or cards then you're certainly not going to get it this side of Christmas and of course the knock-on effect is there's delays in the post coming this way from the UK over here to Ireland and certainly Lucy I can tell you myself I've had one card so far from the UK and it normally is it's a relative of mine who's always straight off so it was the first Christmas card I receive every single year. And when my first Christmas card arrived and it wasn't hers, I was thinking, ah, the Royal Mail and the strikes. It's, it's affecting, it's affecting the, the post coming, to, coming through. But I did get it last Friday. So I did receive the card. So I've had one card from the UK. Am I expecting more? Yes, I am. Have I put cards into the post for the UK? I have. And I put them in in plenty of time because remember one of our listeners who listening in the UK messaged us weeks ago to say that there was strike action pending and to warn people to get items, cards or presents into the post in plenty of time. So I took up that advice and I got it in. I thought in plenty of time, but I've I've two parcels definitely that still haven't arrived at their destination and they're gone weeks. And none of the Christmas cards that I posted for the UK have arrived uh, either. But as I say, I've only received one so far coming from the UK over here. So we'll throw it open to see has anybody else received? Are you, are you, are you managing to get cards or parcels from the UK? Let us know. And of course, it isn't just the post workers that are on strike in the UK. The ambulance uh, workers are out and they're due out again. Nurses have gone out on strike uh, in the UK. Unprecedented that all of the nurses went out on strike. Rail and bus workers all out on strike. Baggage handlers at the airport. The highway workers who do the maintenance on the roads, they're out on strike. Border force are going out. I think theirs is Christmas Day and New Year's Day, but border force obviously is going to affect people with passports flying in and out of the UK. The driving exam the people who test the, the learner drivers, they are, they've already had a strike. Uh, they're on strike, I think, already at the moment uh, and they are going out on, on strike and Royal Mail obviously have already had, I think, six days with another two pending uh, this week. So uh, there really is, it is a Christmas of strike action in the UK. Uh, thankfully, we're not, we're not the same here uh, and we can be really, really thankful for that. Now, I spoke with but Lucy, anyway, yes, I've I've given it out. I'll I'll let you know if anybody else contacted us if they have received us. If there's much post coming in from the UK, let us know if you are receiving it. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. Some reaction to my interview with Dogs Trust when we were talking in the last hour. Just that annual interview that I do every year about reminding people that a dog is for life and a dog is certainly not for Christmas. And even if you are planning on getting a dog for life, Christmas is probably the worst time to introduce any pet into the household because there's just so much going on and there's too much excitement going on. And if it's, if it's a little puppy, it's just completely the wrong time uh, to do it. And it saddens me that every single year we have to give out those words of warning. And yet I guarantee you, I'll be into the new year 
end of January, start of February, usually they start, people start surrendering pets that they got at Christmas, dogs in particular. Oh, that wasn't such a good idea. And the uh, when I hear the argument of, oh, you know, we, we, we decided on a particular puppy, I didn't realise how big that puppy was going to get. We don't have room in our house. That one really frustrates the life out of me because do your research if you are going to take on a pet, you know, and Kira from Dogs Trust, you know, making the point the dogs live, you know, 12, 14 years. And I think because veterinary care has come on so much and people are so good at looking after their animals, they're living even longer. I mean, every week on our pet corner with Jane, we're always getting in questions about older dogs, dogs 17, 18 years of age. And, you know, so they are living longer as well. So it is a massive, massive uh, commitment. Uh, Heidi says, uh, Patricia, that story about that poor dog breaks my heart. This was Carmel the Lurcher. And you may, people, you bought a newspaper yesterday, you might have seen it online. Such a beautiful looking dog as well in the atrocious condition that she was found in. Heidi said, we as humans domesticated these dogs and cats and took them into our home. They are the only living things that after all the ill treatment they get at the hands of humans, they still have the trust in us and they've unconditional love and faithfulness. God love those poor little things. Yeah, it's just, it is utterly, it's shameful, but it's heartbreaking. I'm with you on that one, uh, Heidi. And Councillor Karen Coakley in Skibbereen says, Hi Patricia, so glad to hear you discussing rescue dogs this morning on the programme and pleading with people not to get dogs for Christmas. We have a rescue dog in our household who has become part of our family for almost 16 years. See? They live good, long, happy lives. He was two when my daughter found him and he takes pride of place in our family. He's nearly 18 now and we love him dearly. He is so loyal and he is so trusting. Yeah, and there is absolutely nothing like that bond that, that you get and that unconditional love and the faithfulness and they would do anything for you. They literally would do uh, anything for you. Yeah, it, it, it's a special bond. It certainly is. So thank you for that. And glad to know that a uh, number of people um, saying that they uh, in that g- glad that we did that piece. As I say, we do it every year. I hope that there comes a year where I won't have to do it because there'll be nobody surrendering animals and that all the pets will be safe at home. And says, hi, Patricia, I got post from England last uh, Friday. Actually, that was the same day I got <laughs> I got my card as well. Maybe some post managed to get through last Friday. Mike in Bantry says he, he got a card last week as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and I don't know how much more of it we're going to get because I know when the strike first started, I think it was the first two days of the strike, Royal Mail where it were telling warning people then that it might be fe- it might be February before Christmas cards start to arrive. So we'll have the fun in the new year of post arriving that we should have got at Christmas and we'll be getting it into the new year instead. 0818 103 103. Uh, Bernie continues to take your calls. You can text as well. Bingo is on on Monday in Clonakilty GAA for that list- listener was inquiring. It's also on on Saturday in the parochial centre but they're only interested in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. They don't want to go to bingo on the weekend, just on the weekday. So thank you. There's one anyway in Clonakilty in the GAA on a Monday. And thank you to Eileen and Mahan. And I saw somebody else on WhatsApp sent me in the sent me in actually a photograph of this. This is was with regard to Martin in Formoy, who contacted us yesterday because he's heir 
to water heating system isn't working and he's been waiting since Thursday for somebody from the council to come out and fix it bearing in mind that the weekend was bitterly cold I mean at least the temperatures were up a little bit Sunday and Monday they're back a bit uh, today but he's surviving without heating or hot water he's no water in the house because they turned off the water and he's waiting for somebody to come and uh, sort it out but somebody Eileen Mahan and I, I say somebody else on WhatsApp sent me in a photograph of this as well said on, on for Martin and anybody else with an air to water heating system there's a little white box which shows the temperature reading if the battery is gone it contains two little batteries then the heating will not work and it's very easy to change the batteries on it and as I say somebody actually sent me in a photograph of that little white box and there's two they just look like double A batteries in it that you have to check you have to check them yourself and, and do them yourself you know, change the batteries yourself. So for anybody else who's having problems with the air to water heating system, check the batteries, I think, uh, more than anything else because it could be as simple as that. Even though I think for Martin, it's a bigger problem because they had to switch the water off and everything. But thank you for people who are trying to be uh, helpful. And someone says, could you say thank you, please, to the gentleman who helped with the flat tyre yesterday evening on the road near Enniskeen. Caitlin and Sophie were on to say they were the two ladies in distress that the gentleman held, helped out but unfortunately Caitlin and Sophie didn't get the gentleman's name but they just want us to publicly thank that person on the road near Enniskeen yesterday. Thank you. And it was a bit of a miserable day yesterday. Was it wet as well when you had to get down his hands and knees and change the flat tyre but uh, well done and it's good to know that there are wonderful gentlemen still out there who will run to a damsel in distress's need. 0818 103 103 lines open. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie Bingo is on in Shambhali Moor this uh, Tuesday evening 8 o'clock jackpot 3,350 euro and sponsorship cards are available for Skibbereen Rowing Club's Christmas Day Swim. It takes place at 12 noon at Tregumna. All are welcome. Cards are available from Peter O'Sullivan on Main Street in Skibbereen. The Donnerail Active Retirement Group are wishing all their members a very happy Christmas and a happy new year. And remember those members no longer with them and they value their great contributions to the group and they're very much looking forward to seeing everybody in 2023. And Joe Bottomer from Inishannon is doing a Christmas Day swim. It's an aid at the Mercy Hospital. It's a thank you for the excellent care that Joe received during a recent illness. You can get more information on idonate.ie forward slash fundraiser forward slash Joe Bottomer team. And Skibbereen Christmas Swim is at 12 noon in Tregumna. I just mentioned that. It's the Skull one I want to give a mention to. Their Christmas Day Swim is taking place at 12 noon on Christmas Day at the Skull Harbour. It's Native Cope Foundation. Now there's limited registration on the morning. If you'd like to fundraise in advance, you can pick up sponsorship cards. You can email skullchristmasswim at gmail.com Okay, some of your calls uh, coming in to us. Somebody was on about the fuel allowance. When is the next lump sum payment of the fuel allowance? It'll be paid out in January. I don't have a definite date on it yet, but it's January. That's for people who opt to have their fuel allowance paid in two lump sum payments. They got the first one in September and the second one is due in uh, January. Uh, Kay in Formoy has received Christmas cards from England every day this week. 
and she got some last week. You're doing well. So post is getting through. Slowly but surely, it is getting through. Mary in Enniskeen has applied for the fuel allowance for the first time. She applied for it about six weeks ago. She's heard nothing back yet. Not a dicky bird. She's wondering, are other people waiting a long time to hear back from them? Uh, you probably will be waiting, Mary, because the new criteria for the fuel allowance only kicked off last week. I think it was around the 12th of uh, December I saw the Minister um, Heather Humphreys and she was doing something online because you can apply online as well so I'm imagining now they're only processing it because remember there's now new criteria for people applying for the fuel allowance and people who've been turned down for fuel allowance in the past will now be entitled to it from the 1st of uh, January so I I wouldn't be panicking yet that you haven't heard anything Uh, but certainly once we get into the new year if you haven't heard anything I'll be encouraging you to get back in contact with them but in the meantime Let's uh, throw it out there to see has anybody else recently in the last say month to six weeks applied for the fuel allowance and did you get anything back even an acknowledgement to say that they have received all of your forms if people can let us know please 0818 103 103 Uh, Kathleen in the city says uh, thank Thank, can you publicly thank Dogs Trust for the wonderful work that they do? Um, Kathleen is a big fan of Dogs Trust and she regularly gives them money because, of course, they are a charity. And let's not forget that. And they do. They absolutely do amazing work. Somebody else says, Patricia, why or oh why? Do people dump their dogs after Christmas? I know they can be expensive. I know, especially with things like veterinary bills and the price of dog food has gone up. At times they can be now more expensive. Can I say as expensive as uh, children, particularly with the cost of living? But to own and love a dog, they are so rewarding. The work that Dogs Trust do is absolutely phenomenal. Tell them, please, to keep up the great uh, work. Yeah, and I just and, and I did mention it to Kira. I just loved the fact that when this poor lurcher that they've named Carmel, when Carmel was found in such an atrocious condition, emaciated, dehydrated, and then her two back legs, God help her, you would be thinking you'd see a dog like that and think, would it be the kindest thing to just put the dog to sleep and end her misery? Because she was obviously in the most dreadful pain and God knows what she has been through in the last few weeks since she was abandoned. But dogs trust, you know, they don't give up on a dog if they think there's any hope at all. Straight to the vets, they have to do operations. I think she lost some of her toes that she's doing fine and recovering well, but they just don't give up on a dog. And I, I think there's something exceptional, I have to say, uh, about that. 0818 Hi, Patricia. Regarding your topic earlier about maternity leave for councillors. Oh, this is earlier, the first interview of the morning when I spoke with councillor uh, Fiona Ryan. She's the solidarity councillor in the city. This sister says... If a councillor goes out on maternity leave, is there somebody else appointed to cover her role? Or who is the contact if you have a query? Well, what will happen is, hasn't happened yet because nobody's picked up, nobody's taken up taken up the maternity leave. What will happen now that this bill has gone uh, through? An elected member availing of maternity leave will be able to nominate a temporary substitute who they'll undertake the role and the duties of the councillor and they'll be able to do it for a maximum of 42 weeks and that obviously is in line with the statutory leave which is afforded to all employees. Now where the elected member is availing of the maternity leave but wishes to continue in a role as a councillor she can access an admin support allowance to help her to maintain the running of her office. So we're not saying that every single councillor who becomes pregnant is going to opt for the maternity leave. Some will 
but some uh, will not. I mean, Fiona herself said she managed to keep going. Now, she didn't have the choice to take maternity leave, but she managed to keep going and managed to keep up on all of uh, her work. But it's tough going with, with a newborn baby. It really is. But yes, the answer to your question is if the, the, the mum decides that she wants to take the 42 weeks maximum maternity leave, then she will be able to nominate a temporary substitute. And how will you find out what the temporary substitute is? I imagine it, it will be made public very soon after the councillor goes out on maternity leave, who is taking up the role and the details I'm straight away assuming will be available, say, on the, the councillor's website. Certainly will be available through uh, Cork County Council, Cork City Council. This is nationwide or any of the other councils. 0818 103 Bernie's taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And Joe Heffernan, who runs the counselling practice in Boherbui, joining me on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And as we always do on the final one of the year, we think about and remember those heading into Christmas who've had a, particularly those who've had a bereavement this year, even though I've heard from people saying the second year can be as tough as the first year. So it's, it's anyone really struggling with Christmas because of the loss of a loved one. So I suppose you want, you want to start with condolences to anybody who lost a loved indeed, one this year. And condolences to all of those who are bereaved this Christmas. Um, those who have lost a loved one um, uh, some time ago and those who have lost a loved one this year. And I suppose especially coming to mind for me when I say that would be the family of soldier Sean Rooney who gave his life um, protecting the peace in Lebanon and hopes for the uh, full recovery of soldier Sean Carney um, uh, from Killa Shane uh, Sh- Shane Carney yeah and actually yeah. I, I meant to mention it this morning uh, when you know the first thing I, the first job I do in the morning is go through the papers and there's a lot of the front page of the papers has a picture of uh, Natasha Rooney who is young Shane Rooney's mother and my god when I looked at her face just the picture of Sorrow, the the depth of her sorrow was just etched on her face. Uh, she was yeah. uh, in in Beldal, our casement airdrome yesterday. Oh yeah, uh, bringing, waiting for her son to come home. Shock, sad, sad, sad. Dreadful, dreadful. Yeah. So we so we very much think of them. All yeah. right, and the one yeah. the one message we always try to get across to people as we go in into Christmas, particularly those you know who are facing it with with a bereavement. There are no musts and no have tos. You don't. There's nothing that you have to do this year if it doesn't no, suit you. No, that that one would not feel obliged to uh, be a certain way. That all one has to be is to be oneself. Um, you know, the to feel one's own feelings. Um, you know, remembering a loved one. Um, uh, can take so many forms um, uh, uh, and uh, can serve um, uh, to a uh, to a large degree um, to um, to uh, to help one over the Christmas period. Um, for example, um, uh, a person might uh, feel that uh, it might, as it were, bring down the atmosphere of Christmas to to um, to mention a loved one who has passed. Um, but when a person wants to confide his or her feelings uh, with, uh, with, with with others, um, 
people would be only too um, glad to facilitate that. Yeah, and everybody's different. Some people will just love to talk about the person that's gone. Others might find it too upsetting. So it's to go with the person who's doing the grieving. Whatever works for them works for everybody else that's around them. Exactly. I mean, certain traditions or rituals that were always part of the Christmas um, uh, might for some be extremely painful um, and uh, other people might like to keep up um, the traditions and rituals that went um, with Christmas. Um, uh, So uh, to to hear what each person has to say, um, uh, if there was a tradition of the tree uh, being dressed by, say, grandchildren or, or, or whatever way. Um, uh, some people might say, well, look, let's leave that this year and um, uh, we'll, uh, we, we'll, we'll, we'll probably get back to that next year, but not this year. Then other people would say, oh, let's do what we always did. It will be a pleasant and beautiful memory of the person who is no longer with us. Um, some, yeah, uh, and the visiting visiting the grave on Christmas Day. Now, this yeah. can this can divide people. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose the word there, divide, is the one thing we want to avoid. Um, you know, if one person feels that they'd like to visit the grave, that is absolutely fine, and another person might not want to visit the grave, and that's also absolutely fine. And to remember that the loved one who has passed would want harmony and would want people to uh, to be together um, and to be themselves in how they remember uh, the person. That's, that's so, a good point. That's, that, yeah. that, is, that, that is really um, a, a good point uh, uh, to make. Um, yeah. And you, you, say, you say that you place your bereavement needs first and foremost. Yeah. Um, people will be very, very kind and might invite you to visit and maybe you don't feel like doing that. So be able to say, um, uh, not at this time, no, or whatever nice, um, appreciative way that one can um, decline an invitation that a person just doesn't feel up to um, at this time. Um, So... I suppose the main message we'd be trying to send out today, Patricia, would be um, to do what's best for you. Um, uh, You know, if there are tears, let there be tears. Um, uh, You know, not to to feel that that your way of grieving is inappropriate. But if Um, somebody says no to an invitation then, you know, the other person, you need to respect that. And even though you might think, oh, you don't want to be on your own, you need to be surrounded by people, maybe for that person who is grieving, they do want to be on their own. And just, and and respect, you know, reach out, but respect, yeah, Yeah. but but, but, because we're back again to, there are uh, no musts, no have tos. There's really no rules. There's there's No. no, and there's no right or wrong way to do this. No, and I mean, and not to be in any way judgmental. I mean, if somebody is watching a program, say, on on the telly, um, um, and that there's a bit of a laugh in it, well, then have a laugh in it. 
And um, uh, always to remember that um, the person who has passed on would be wishing you to um, uh, to live your life and, and to, uh, you know, that when there's something that is, uh, say, amusing on the telly, right, well then, what, what, what's wrong with having a laugh at that? And another person uh, might uh, be inclined to be judgmental and say, my God, that's not appropriate, but it is yeah. because... Um, and your your loved one would want to see you happy and smiling at Christmas. Absolutely. Let's be honest. If it was it was any one of us, that's what we would want for our loved ones. We would want to see them being okay and getting on and getting on with 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 their life. Yeah, but I but suppose, to, and, but to remember us. Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. But I suppose mm. the thing is is to accept that. that certainly, this first, if we're if we're dealing with and, and focusing on first Christmas, it won't be the same. And it's to and it's to kind of accept that that it's it's not going to be the same. It's going to be you'll get through it, but it, it'll just be different. Yes, absolutely. And people have their different ways of of dealing with a bereavement. Um, I was talking with someone who would um, say their place at the table on Christmas Day would be set, and um, so there'd be an empty chair, and um, and that would be a clear reminder of the person and that uh, that was um, a way that that family had um, of, of, of dealing with oh, their I, sorrow. I, I, would, I personally now would find that really hard. Yeah. 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 And again, it's 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 everybody's different. Like everybody is different. But I suppose to get the message across to people as well is, you know, don't isolate yourself. Don't cut yourself off. There's you know, there's kind, gorgeous people within your own family, within your circle of friends who will be there for you. Absolutely. And I suppose like the 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 Irish, there is no nation better at um, remembering someone who has died um, you know, even our funerals. Um, it, it was, I suppose, it was one of the toughest, toughest things was when people died during the COVID lockdown. Um, when we couldn't do our uh, national, traditional way of um, uh, remembering the loved one by being at the funeral. Um, uh Whatever we're good at, and we're good at a lot of things in this country, but we're more certainly good at, um, uh, you know, uh, remembering one who who has died. Um, And looking after the bereaved at that time. Absolutely, and I think that helps. Yeah. In a big way. Okay, and and then the other one, I suppose, be be careful of the uh, of things like alcohol. You can overdo alcohol, which just makes everything seem at the time seems like a great idea, but that can that can make the bereavement even worse. It can indeed, and maybe you know, um, uh, yeah, alcohol helps nothing, and it almost certainly makes anything bad worse. Yeah. Um. Uh, I I think that's the fact. And um, where families um, have had a disagreement, um, or even if there was estrangement, to, you know, attend the ceremony, um, do one's best to be absolutely respectful and mindful, um, and uh, uh, that that's a way of honouring 
the person uh, who has died. Yeah, and then you know you can de- you can develop new new traditions. I mean, I'm a big fan of lighting of candles, uh, for example. You know, you can maybe have a photograph out of the loved one, and you know, l- have a candle lighting in f- in front of the photograph, and just develop new traditions. You're you're so so right in that. Um, it brings to mind for me a wedding that uh, we were at. Um, and uh, the 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 bride's dad uh, has had died, um, you know, not too terribly long before the um, uh, the wedding, and uh, and they did exactly that. They had a lovely um, A4 size photo of dad there with a candle in front of it, so that in a way. Um, he was, you he know, was there. he was present he was there. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I so thought it was a gorgeous It's a, a lovely thing to do. So it's to, yeah. it's to remember, remember, we'll never forget them. I mean, that's that's the thing. And just try to relax and get as much enjoyment and get as much joy as you can out of the day. Nobody's expecting you to throw a big house party, but just to try to get some kind of joy. Absolutely. And to remember that if the person especially was very ill, that, that rest in peace means rest in peace. Um, I suppose the sorrow and the pain of bereavement is uh, with the living. Um, and, and to kind of maybe find some bit of uh, solace or, you know, uh, a bit of positivity in that, that the person is now at peace. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well said. Well said. Okay. A couple of people. Anthony was on saying uh, he placed names on a memorial tree. It was a rotary memorial tree, which is a lovely thing uh, to do. Yeah. And someone else says my son died in an accident. It was over twenty years ago. And even though we will all be together as a family, I actually dread Christmas as I still miss them so much. God bless to all. Yeah. And you, yeah. And the loss yeah. of a son. You, yeah. The loss of a child. Or you, you, you never. You never really get over it. But you have a different Christmas, and that's yeah. that's just the way. Well, it is. we 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 we've had a different Christmas ever since Ken. Um, became ill and he's um, 7,200 kilometres away <laughs> over in the Cayman Islands yeah. and um, we'll be remembering him very very much on Christmas and will, Day and will you thank fa- God will you, he's alive will you, f- will you FaceTime on the day? For sure. For sure. For sure. For okay. sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. Listen, um, as always, uh, a pleasure uh, talking to you, Joe. And can I just say thank you for all your contributions? You've had amazing contributions uh, throughout the year, and we really do appreciate each and every one of them. So thank you for thank that. You. And have a happy, for yourself and Mary and the rest of the family, a happy and a peaceful Christmas and uh, look after yourselves. And the same to all our listeners and indeed to you all there at C103 who have always been extremely kind to me. OK, and we'll talk in 2023. God bless. Thanks for that. Bye bye. That is uh, Joe Heffernan and Joe runs a counselling practice. He'll obviously take a bit of a break over Christmas but his counselling practice is available at 086-834-8145 OK. couple of things to, can I get in? I can uh, before I go. And says hi Patricia this is on rescue at 
rescuing dogs when we were speaking with Dogs Trust. Hi Patricia, I've, res- I've always rescued dogs. I lost my five-year-old Labrador in November due to cancer. My heart is broken. I rescued her from awful conditions. She was the most wonderful dog, full of love and full of play. I detest these horrible human beings out there that could inflict any kind of pain on animals. Merry Christmas to all. That is from Anne. And when we mentioned about Waterford General Hospital and how they had had a thousand days with without anybody on a trolley and what could we learn and what could other hospitals learn from Waterford General Hospital somebody has suggested surely yearly bonuses to hospitals who manage their trolley figures better and who manage them like Waterford General Hospital would that not encourage similar hospitals to try harder I don't know if that could work or not but thank you for that that's where I leave you for today thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced talk to you tomorrow at 10 Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.